Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Especial 
Agradeciéndote profundamente con mi corazón Guíame a mi oración especial Agradeciéndote profundamente con mi
Oh, love is so sweet, 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 oh, love is so sweet
J.M. in the A.M. J.M. in the A.M. Derech Achim with Lachad O.D. Yeah, I guess Shabbos can't come fast enough, right? <laughs> that may have been... That may have, oh, there we go. That may have been a psychological uh, um, thing that just happened to me that I'm starting to play the era of Shabbos music. Just get it here already. Uh, JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday on this March 19th, day 23 in the month of Adar, the year 5780, Tufshin Pei. And what a year, huh? What a year. Think about it. Think about what's happened since the start of 5780. Boy, oh boy. Think about what God decreed for the year 5780. It's funny because um, because um, very often I've heard this. I don't know if there's any, honestly, I have no idea if there's validity to it, but I, I have heard it in the name of, uh, of people who would be reliable when it comes to these things. I just don't know if they actually said it or, you know, the word just got around. But I was always told that, that disasters, uh, international disasters like this one, uh, happen during um, leap years when there are two others. There's a danger, a pachad, when there's a uh, when there's two others. I think Rabbi Kanelsky and I once discussed this on the air. I'll have to ask him next time he's on. Uh, but anyway, it's a regular year, not a leap year. It's a regular year, and this is what uh, the world is going through. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you're able to appreciate the fact that we can get together every single weekday morning here at JM in the AM. Um, today we're going to be introducing a, a little bit of a different twist to our live lunch. Those of you who have Zoom, those of you who have Zoom, write down this code. Well, you don't have to write it down. You'll probably get an invite but, or see it on social media. But if you want to write down the nine-digit code, at 11 a.m., we're going to be uh, live on Zoom, um, meeting together and uh, collaborating on the attempt <laughs> to... Uh, to just in, enjoy each other's company. Uh, the Zoom ID is 499-705-617. Again, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and we welcome all of you around the world, obviously. We'd like to see our friends from Israel who are eating dinner together. 
Um, 499-705-617. 499-705-617. That's the Zoom ID for 11 o'clock today. Uh, Miriam Al Wallach's going to be live in our studio with That's Life starting at 1030. All of our regular Thursday programming is on. Charlie Harari uh, will be on at 9 a.m. right after uh, JM in the a.m. And I thank him for uh, joining me earlier in the week for some really great words of inspiration. Um, all right, so you heard uh, you heard Lecha Dodi from Derech Achim. Avraham Willig, Rabbi Willig with uh, Lecha Amar. Ari Boyan, Juzlai Yehudim, Lev Tahor with Lakol's Manva Ace. Before that, Kate Sadmarakdim from Shlomo and Ami Cohen. That's an interesting back-to-back combination, huh? Kate Sadmarakdim and Lakol's Manva Ace. Kel Shomreinu done by Yehuda Green. Ruvain Garber, brand new with IA. We spoke to him a couple of weeks back. <laughs> it seems like a million years ago. And the Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. I'm holding in my hand the brand new, very, very large book. It's amazing how 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 much there is uh, about the Rebetzin, Rebetzin Youngreis, the story of Rebetzin Esther Youngreis, her life, her vision, her legacy. It's written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer and um, Rabbi Gertzelin, Rebetzin Youngreis's son-in-law, who's a wonderful friend. And now I understand more about him because because he is um, a member uh, of the Young Rice family. Uh, he'll join me coming up at a quarter to eight. The book is available from Artscroll, artscroll.com, artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio. In this case, it'll save you 15%. Well worth it. Always use promo code radio. Always use promo code radio. Um. Anyway, so that's the story. That's what's going on here. We're in our New York City studios, relatively isolated. I mean, re- I shouldn't even say relatively. Basically isolated. Uh, our studio was um. Basically, the 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 largest number of people that will be in this studio during this crisis is two, and they will be sitting and and have been sitting. I don't know, seven to eight feet from each other. So we're adhering to that rule. Um, at home, I hope everybody is taking all the precautions. You walk in and out, wash those hands. Um, you know, try not to sit too close to anybody. I, and I don't know if I'm being silly or not, but I would guess the doctors would say it's a good idea traditionally, you know, if my kids don't finish something on their plate, (laughs) I'll make sure to take care of that. I'm not doing that now. And I guess that's a, you know, I guess that's a worthy precaution, right? You just never know. Aside from, and and by the way, aside from the, uh, and maybe during our live lunch, some some of the people who are quarantined will will join in because it's not, I mean, believe me, the health aspect's the most important. That's the most important thing is the health aspect. But who wants to be really isolated, you know, for a period of two weeks? I mean, who wants to go through that? And I'm sure there's a lot of people in this audience that have been going through it. So they could certainly tell us. Um, please keep in mind Eliezer Yehuda Ben Chaya. Please keep in mind Eliezer Yehuda Ben Chaya. Our friend Ellie Beer is, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's assumed, he's assuming that he has coronavirus. Uh, based on the symptoms that he has, and his test will be back today, I believe. Um, many of you have heard him on this show countless times. 
Uh, he has saved thousands and thousands of lives in Israel through his work with Hatzalah, uh, in the uh, meaning Hatzalah Israel. Keep him in mind. He is one of the people in our community that we should collectively be praying for and hoping for a speedy recovery. Everybody obviously should be prayed for, and everybody we hope has a speedy recovery. But Ellie has made such an impact on so many um, that I'm asking a special, special favor in keeping him in our tefillos. Eliezer Yehuda ben Chaya. Eliezer Yehuda ben Chaya. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Let's see. Uh, we got all the time in the world, right? You can just sit here and be with you and choose some music. Oh, by the way, if you want to hear something specific or if you want to give us a uh, piece of advice or, or or communicate a message, use the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and certainly comment away. And uh, you can also use our email address, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at Nahum Siegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L. Com. Here's Joey Newcomb. <laughs> You don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha But you gotta be Besimcha to be Breslau No, you don't have to be Breslau to be Besimcha But you gotta be Besimcha to be a year It's a now you don't have to be Chabad to want Mashiach Oh no you don't, no you don't, no you don't But you gotta want Mashiach to be a year Now you don't have to be a Tzioyni to love Eretz Yisrael But you gotta love Eretz Yisrael to be a year Oh no, you don't have to be a mitzvah to learn the toilet. Oh no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you But don't. you gotta learn some toilet to be a yeah. No, you don't have to go to Umar to have Rosh Hashanah. But you gotta have Rosh Hashanah to be an
גדולה להיות בשמחה להיות בשמחת עמים כי על ידי זה יכולים להביא את הגאולה להיות בשמחה אפילו בתוך Yeah, yeah. 
in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and NachumSiegel.com, and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved uh, NSN app. And uh, yeah, I totally lost track of time. I, I admit it. 
Uh, we're a little bit off schedule in terms of the usual format that I've instituted over the last 35 years for JM and the AM. So I tend to be speaking a lot longer after the 6.30 break, and I completely <laughs> completely didn't realize that uh, it's already six minutes after 7 o'clock. And I apologize we didn't get our newscast on from Israel, but I think everybody will, please God, survive that, and we should continue to uh, be together in this amazing JM and the AM community around the world. If you want to comment on the app, go to the uh, NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Certainly use our email address, nachum at nachumsegel.com. Before Shwebel Shar from Levine with Maya Didas. I know I'm doing a lot of Arab Shabbos music. I know. I think I'm uh, <laughs> I think I'm quietly hoping that Shabbos would arrive already. Um uh, before that, Yishai Rebo with Adon Alum. To be a Yid was done by Joey Newcomb. Thursday morning, 44 degrees, rain outside and a high of 56. Uh, we have our Zoom live lunch that we're going to try out later on at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Miriam Wallach will be live at 10.30 in studio for That's Life. Our other Thursday programming will continue as usual, of course. And uh, I encourage all of you to uh, stay tuned in all day long. One of the best places to be uh, during this uh, coronavirus situation is with us here at uh, JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Rabbi Gertzlin is going to join us. The book is called The Rebetzin. Artscroll.com has it at 15% off if you use the promo code radio. Use the promo code radio, 15% off from Artscroll. Uh, I would suggest you order it right now. It is an amazing book. And for those of us who are, uh, you know, basically in a homebound situation over the next few weeks, it's really an opportunity to uh, to learn about an incredible life and an amazing woman. Rebetzin Jungreis, the brand new book is out there by Rabbi Seltzer. We'll speak to Rabbi Gertzlin about it coming up all here at JM in the AM. Dovi Shapiro is next. This is a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. Ich lach lieb, 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 ich l
יוקר, והוא בורא עולם, הכוח של כולם, שומע את קולי.
אתם קידושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם קידושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם קידושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם קידושים, אם אתם אתם, מלא Thursday morning. Hello, everybody. Malani done by uh, Benny Friedman. Um, by the way, I want to thank uh, the, um, the different organizations. It took time. It took time for the organizations that the rabbis of our community take seriously because, unfortunately, a lot of rabbis don't take the medical community seriously. Uh, so it took time, but the rabbis that, uh, but, but the organizations that the rabbis, uh, that many rabbis in our community take seriously, have come out with very, very strong statements 
regarding the closing of shuls and all events. So instead of um, playing this game of gathering together for Minion outside and the weddings, and believe me, I can only imagine the pain of families that are not having the massive weddings, believe me. Um, instead of doing that, maybe just now, let's all follow the rules, close down all the events, close down all the shuls. Obviously, if there's a wedding you know, somewhere with 10 people under the uh, uh, you know, under the uh, supervision of a of a reliable post sake, obviously I'm not coming out against those, but I think everybody knows exactly what I mean. Someone told me that uh, someone told me yesterday that one of the communities uh, tomorrow night at seven o'clock, um, from porches and front uh, and front steps of their homes are all going to be singing uh, "You Did Nefesh Together," which is a pretty cool idea, I must say. Meaning here in the United States, I'm not talking about what's going on in Italy or Israel with a lot of the singing that you see. Um, but that is something. If that happens near you tomorrow, anything special on Erev Shabbos, try to uh, try to take video and send that out. That will be really inspiring and cool. Benny Freeman with Maala Ani. You heard Maminim done by the New York Boys Choir. Yaakov Shweki, Mamin Benisim. Thursday, 44 degrees, morning rain and a high of 56 this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our amazing friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today, and a special good morning to our friends at Abel's and Hyman from all of us here at the Nahum Siegel Network. The book is entitled The Story of Rebetzin Esther Jungreis, or more simply, The Rebetzin. That's the title, The Rebetzin. The story of Rebbe Tanesta Jungreis, her life, her vision, her legacy. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer wrote the book. We get to speak to Rabbi Shlomo Gertzelin about it coming up here at JMNAM. And a reminder, if you go to artscroll.com, if you go to artscroll.com, uh, you can get the brand new book, The Rebbitson, at a uh, 15% discount if you use the promo code radio. 15% discount if you use the promo code radio. Uh, Nahum, listening on the listen line near my bed. Can you please play Me'ima Shem from my Emmy Avo? <laughs> okay, we'll see if we can get to that. We are trying to fulfill requests. Um, so we are trying to get to that. Let's see, Me'ima Shem. Okay. And, uh, Baracha says, Hi, Nahum, a note from Yushalayim. We'd love to hear it's going to be the Little Kinderlach by Country Yassi. Some hope in these challenging times. All right, we'll see if we can get to that one. Meanwhile, here's the uh, request for uh, for listener JL here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
J.M. in the A.M. That's uh, Me'ima Shem by request here on a uh, Thursday morning broadcast. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. That's the Miami Boys Choir. If you want to request something or if you want to 
be in touch. All you got to do is uh, head to the app, go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away on the screen. You'll see the ability to comment there. Um, I think we're going to have to go with a uh, with a replay of her by Goldwasser. Can't seem to find today's recording, so I apologize for that. Um, let's see here. We'll go to Rabbi Goldwasser's morning chizuk from. Hmm. <laughs> we'll go to his. We'll go to his morning chizuk from a couple of days ago. How's that? That's how we'll do it. Uh, Thursday morning, 44 degrees, morning rain, and a high temperature of 56. Rabbi Gertzlin is coming up. We'll talk about the brand-new book about Rebbets and Young Rice. If you've never heard of Rebbets and Young Rice, you're in for a an amazing awakening about somebody who is just one of the most incredible individuals ever. Um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. We learn in this week's parsha. Speak to Bnei Yisrael Lamor, saying, You should keep my Shabbos, because it is a sign between me and between you, for generations, to know that I am Hashem who makes you holy. The Gemara tells us in Mesecha Shabbos, Whoever delights in the Shabbos, whoever has Onik Shabbos, Hashem gives him a boundless portion. The Gemara continues that the reward for taking pleasure in Shabbos is specifically the Nachla of Yaakov, not of Avraham and not of Yitzchak, but of Yaakov. As we learn, it says in Breshis, there is no boundaries for Yaakov's portion. The Zarashimshan asked the question, how can we understand this Gemara? How is it possible for a person to have an inheritance without any limits, without any boundaries? Even if you give the individual the entire world, there is still a gvul, there's a boundary. And if many will delight in the Shabbos, how can they all get this without limit? If we're talking about Olam Haba, then the Zerashimshan asks, what's the Chiddush? It's Belimitzarim. All of the desires of Olam Haba that one gets, all the things that we are going to enjoy in the future, are believed Shior Ubeli Kitzvah, without any measurement. Rabbeinu explains that the Midas HaChesed, that the great loving kindness of Hashem is that Hashem wills it that there should be so much benefit to the creation that it's limitless. However, the Mita Sadin, the divine attribute of strict justice, doesn't want that chesed of Hashem that it should prevail. The only way to prevent that is for there to be a kitrig, a force that tries to dispute our deserving all of those brachas. But when a person's inclined towards ruchni, is towards spirituality, for the benefit of their neshama, 
then there is no kitrig that has any power whatsoever. When Shabbos comes along, all of these klipos are hidden. All the bad things are covered up. The Zayar says, Mizmor Shir Lioma Shabbos, on the day when the mazikin, anything that could cause a person harm, is out of the world. That's why it says, Kol Meshaber, whoever is not only guarding the Shabbos, but rather a person that is Ma'anegas Shabbos, that takes delight. Because the Iker Kavana is the main idea that a person shows that he wants to enjoy the Shabbos. Even though Oneg usually has the connotation that a person does something that gives him pleasure. But since if this is done, covered Shabbos, so in such a case, it only helps that the world is protected. Especially at this time, this special observance of Shabbos and even to bring in Shabbos a few minutes early, gives us a nachla bimlimitzarim, an inheritance without boundaries. It protects us and protects the world. May we all be ma'aneges Shabbos. May we take great delight in Shabbos, and may the Shabbos protect us all. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Freilich, Shiru Lashem. Thursday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. coming up in a couple of minutes by Shlomo Gertzlin about the brand new book um, about Ribbits and Youngrice. Uh, Artscroll.com, Artscroll.com. Enjoy a 20%, excuse me, enjoy a 15% discount. Enjoy a 15% discount when you use the promo code radio. Go to uh, Artscroll.com, enjoy a 15% discount when you use the promo code radio. Again, Artscroll.com, 15% discount when you use the promo code radio. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Use our email address, Nahum at NahumSingle.com. Whichever method you want to use to be in touch um, as we uh, continue to uh, get together on a daily basis, it seems, <laughs> through this uh, situation here at JM in the AM. Baruch Hashem. Uh, eighth day is next at JM in the AM. known pain it cuts like a knife through your heart have you ever known shame it makes you hide out in the dark and I want to know why life can be rough we all are enough show me it's possible to never give up never ever give up no never ever give up Better, just give it a try. Fire and ice, both in our souls. We're all unique. Always hold just a piece of the puzzle in His great scheme. I'll stand with you. Stand with me. We all belong. Just be who you are. Get us strong. Like a river flows Have you ever felt love? It makes you blossom like a rose Now I understand why Life is so good My dreams understood And everything happens Just the way it should Just the way it should Yeah, just the way it should Let's stand together, you and I
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast with eighth day here on this Thursday. Uh, well, we've been mentioning that uh, Rabbi Gertzlin will join us. I didn't realize we have the added benefit, Baruch Hashem, of uh, speaking with his wife as well. His wife, of course, the uh, oldest child of Rebetzin Youngreis, and she's going to join in on the conversation in this uh, uh, really unique discussion about such a unique and amazing individual. Um, I mentioned to this audience, I mentioned to you uh, a couple times this week, uh, for those of you too young to... Um, remember uh, who Rebetzin Jungreis was uh, or had never you know, heard of her involvement in so many incredible uh, chasadim and uh, important functions in the Jewish world, and I mean the world, the globe. Um, at one time, her name was as common in the Jewish community as some of, and I know that some people won't like me saying this, but it's 100% true, as common as some of the uh, Torah giants and as uh, some of the major community leaders that were really, really well-known, and um, all you had to do was say the Rebetzin or Rebetzin Young Grice, and everybody, young and old, knew exactly who you were talking about. So with all that in mind and that perspective, uh, we have a brand-new book from Artscroll. Uh, you can go to artscroll.com. With our promo code, you can enjoy a 15% discount. The promo code is RADIO. And it's a 600-page book called The Rebitson, the story of Rebitson Esther Jungreis, her life, her vision, her legacy. Esther Jungreis was a young Holocaust survivor who became a friend, advisor, confidant, Torah teacher, and often even a surrogate mother to thousands, singles and families, prime ministers, presidents, and prisoners, and soldiers and spiritual seekers Throughout the world, a pioneer in Jewish outreach and the founder of Hineni, she made history in Madison Square Garden where she proved that Torah could interest, engage, and energize all Jews through her newspaper columns, television programs, best-selling books, and standing room-only speeches. She ignited the pintalyid that lies within every Jew. With the book is written, by the way, by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, very well-known author in the uh, in the Jewish world in this genre. Uh, with us live via telephone, um, a rabbi and Mrs. Gertzlin. Chaya Sarah Jungreis Gertzlin is the oldest child of Rebetzin Jungreis. And, of course, our good friend Rabbi Shlomo Gertzlin has been uh, an amazing friend of ours for decades. And, in fact, when I recalled through this whole exchange in preparing for today's interview that he is a member of the Jungreis family, it was even easier for me to, uh, uh, to remember or to uh, understand uh, just how... Um, uh, inviting and close, Rabbi Gertzlin is with the entire Jewish community. Uh, anybody who is uh, um, anybody um, in the in the Jewish world, from right to left, up and down, as I like to say. Uh, Rabbi and uh, Mrs. Gertzlin, good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. 
Good morning, Achlam. It's really, really such a pleasure to be back on the show. Uh, you continue to do amazing things for the community, and uh, really looking forward to this discussion this morning about, uh, as you so nicely put it, an incredible, incredible book that just came out. Yeah, it really is amazing. And uh, Mrs. Gertzlin, welcome to you as well. Thank you, thank you. Good morning. A pleasure to be here. I uh, I, I got to ask you, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when this project was given to Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, and I don't know how author, I'm not an author, so I don't know how authors generally, um, uh, you know, treat the first couple of weeks of a project, but the enormity of this project is is overwhelming. The enormity of the project is intimidating, frankly. And by the way, the proof is in the 600 pages. Did you? Did both of you have confidence that this that that he was the right author for this, and that he did a proper job in terms of telling the story of Robinson Youngrise? Nachum, first of all, don't cheat your audience out of 50 pages. The book is 650 pages. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 660 to be exact. There you go. Uh, with with hundreds of pictures. But you you really raised a, a, an amazing point. Uh, we we needed. This is not your typical biography. Uh, we needed to find uh, someone who, first of all, Rabbi Seltzer had an amazing passion for this book from the minute we first met him. An amazing passion. We met him in Eretz Yisrael. My wife and I actually were in Eretz Yisrael. We met him there. And just to see the excitement, as, by the way, was the passion of everyone at Offscroll. I mean, they were just, they, they pushed us. Like, you, you can't imagine how they pushed us to just move on it and move on it and move on it. And, um, you know, my wife spent a lot of time with, uh, with Rabbi Seltzer, and I think that he, he really was the perfect person to, to, to write this book. He, he felt the essence of our mother, he understood her passion, her drive, her dreams, her vision, and even though he personally never met her, he somehow understood her, and he wrote beautifully. He interviewed over a hundred people for this, all people whose lives were touched by my mother's words and, and transformed their lives as a result. You know, uh... <laughs> And I'm sure, Mrs. Gertzlin, uh, you've heard this from a million people. But as you were sitting around your Shabbos table as a kid, listening to your amazing parents, and we should mention, of course, that your your father, you know, great in his own right, to say the least, uh, you know that we, in our generation, at our Shabbos table, your mother was mentioned many, many times. Whether it was, you know, what would Rebbitson Jungreis say, or someone better write a letter to Rebbitson Jungreis to get an answer, or what did she say in the Jewish press that, you know, answers the question that just been brought up, and obviously, you know, a million other ways. I, I, I guess that you, that you were aware of the fact that a lot of Friday night meals around the world were going on with your family in mind. A hundred percent, and it's so interesting that you say this. One of the people who we interviewed. I had no idea, but said their first connection to anything Yiddishkeit, anything Jewish, was at Friday night tables. Their mother would open up the Jewish press, and yeah. that was the Dvar Torah for the table. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was a different world then, uh, Nachum. Oh, yeah. It wasn't all the media we have today. Yep. And, you know, there's a, there's a rabbi in Chicago very, very much involved in Kirov and came from a very, very... Um, I, well, let's just put a traditional background. Right. No connection to Yiddishkeit, very little connection to Yiddishkeit. And his mother 
kind of got got turned on a little bit, and she 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 educated the whole family by by bringing the Rebetzin's columns to the Shabbos table, and he he wrote in this book that you know the Rebetzin, all my grandchildren, all my great grandchildren, he's already someone in the seventies and eighties, maybe closer to eighty, all my children, grandchildren, the Rebetzin is their bubby. And, and and this is true of thousands of people around the world. Yeah, and, and, and what is it, though? I mean, look, both of you, you know, grew up in the Jewish community, and as you described, Rabbi Gertzlin, obviously very different than today. You know, there were uh, dominant media uh, sources, uh, um, you know, unlike today when there's so many um, that are available to people. Everyone's got their own platform. Um, what was I mean, any, you know, there were a lot of articles in the Jewish press. There were a lot of personalities in general you know, writing stuff in a lot of manuals, journals, and newspapers and magazines in the Jewish community. You know, at one time, right here in this neighborhood, there were there were eleven Yiddish newspapers. So it's not like it was unique that you know that that uh, somebody in the Jewish world wanted to communicate through writing articles. What was it about her, both in the spoken and written word, that would envelop people, that would enthrall them? And I don't even know if there's an answer to this question, but I'm desperate to know the answer. What was what was the formula? that she had that really nobody could match. I, I, I believe it was a certain love for every single Jewish person, no matter who he was, where he was in life. My mother always saw that pintalayid in everybody. She only saw the good in everybody. And it came forth in her writing. And, you know, you were speaking about the Friday night table. It wasn't just people from afar or more secular or not connected. I remember as a young girl, I'd have friends come over Friday night. And somehow always the Holocaust came to the discussion. And one of my friends said to me, you know, you're so lucky your mother brings up the war, the Holocaust. She speaks about our people, our nation. It was a subject that was never spoken about in her own home, even though she was a child of Holocaust survivors. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think um, my mother just knew how to reach every single neshama, no matter who or what. And by the way, we should point out, she was not an intimidating figure. She was not five feet tall, correct? She was a, a petite woman, <laughs> but she had the most amazing strength. And she would work from early morning to late night. I remember at times she'd be in, at the Hineni building. We have a building on Manhattan's west side. Right. And people would come to her shiurim and then come to her with questions, they'd come for brachas, for advice, and she would stay till 2, 3 in the morning, never letting anybody who came go away without time. And she just drove and drove and drove herself. The book is called The Rebbitson. By the way, you know, you just pointed out about the building on the Upper West Side. One of the benefits of reading this book is that her her star was so you know was such you know was shining so brightly in the 1970s when again she was you know the Rebbitson and everyone knew exactly who you were talking about when you mentioned the Rebbitson uh, that many of us didn't realize that even as time went on even in the later years of her life Hineni and what she's been what she had been doing and continued to do was as strong as ever 
that there was still between Shabbos, Yontif, regular Shiurim during the week, etc., still massive, massive crowds coming to enjoy what she had to say. You know, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't realize that. I thought that you know, sort of her popularity hit a peak that was you know to be envied by anybody. Nachum, let me tell you that even up to this past year, and every year, even in her in her later life, when she and when she wasn't that well, obviously. We have, uh, you mentioned all the different programs. We have an amazing Rosh Hashanah and Kippur program. Um, on, uh, we have it at the Essex House in Manhattan. We have three to 400 people that come there. Most of them, most of them, let's call them not yet fully observant, but they come there and they sit and they daven and they pour out their hearts to Hashem. They don't look at their watch. They don't, you know, shuffle their feet. They, they, they're, they're just inspired by... by by, by even by the other people who are there, everybody's a seeker. Everyone is coming there. Everybody wants to uh, wants to take something away from from the Yomim Nerayim. Well, what that, happened? Did she give seminars on how to do this? Like, is that the legacy that she left? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> she uh, she had we had ongoing seminars, ongoing classes. My 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 wife, her sister, her brothers. They're they're doing an amazing job of teaching a whole slew of classes. Um, and um, it's continuing, obviously, to reach uh, a new generation. We have now Hineni Next, uh, which is reaching the children of some of the people of, of our age um, who, are, who are in public school, right. who, who want to learn about Shabbos, who want to learn about, about the Yom Taivim, who want to learn about different kashas, about mitzvahs. So, you know, we're even reaching out now to the next generation because, obviously, that's, that was the most important legacy that, that I think the Rebetzin left us, that you know, we need to make sure this, this Jewish continuity. When she came here to America, she was a young girl, and she had obviously suffered through the Holocaust. But she came here and saw what was going on to the American Jewish community, and it just shook her to the core. And from a young girl of 10 or 11 years old, she just started inviting the neighborhood kids over to her parents' house on Friday night for a Shabbos meal. You know, when, when they came trick-or-treating, she would, she'd, uh, she'd teach the kids how to make a bracha. Uh, <laughs> it was the Jewish kids who were trick-or-treating, mind you. <laughs> Got it. So, so that was the era. But she just she said, we can't allow the spiritual holocaust to, to the spiritual assimilation to become another holocaust here and destroy more Jews than got destroyed in Europe. Speaking this was a passion. This was really a passion. It comes out so well in the story. This is not just a bio of her own life. This is, there's, uh, you've seen the book, Nachum. It's dozens of stories yeah. of people telling, telling over their own experiences, their own, how they, were, how they felt lost, how they felt depressed, how they felt there was no purpose in life, no meaning in life. And the Rebetzin, as my wife said, was able to just bring it out and say there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as a lost Jew. Every Jew just has to be touched and reached and, and, and brought back. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Mrs. Chaya Sarah Gertzlin, Rabbi Shlomo Gertzlin, with us live via telephone speaking about uh, their mother, the Rebetzin, the story of Rebetzin Esther Jungreis, her life, her vision, her legacy. Rabbi Nachman Seltzer has written the book. It's an Art Scroll book, artscroll.com. Enjoy 15% off with promo code RADIO. You will find this inspiring, I can tell you that much. Um, all right, two stories. First of all, the L.A. story, I, I think, sums up uh, not only Rebetzin Jungreis's, uh approach to Kiruv, uh, but I think it sums up uh, her as an example to every person involved in Kiruv since she started doing it. 
And that basically is that if you, if, if you, if you prove to someone and show them that you're concerned about them, that you really do have a love for them because they are a fellow Jew, that, that is the best avenue for them to come back to tradition. Would you agree? A hundred percent, to the point that my mother would bring people into our home. And as you, as you said with the L.A. story, uh, that was a story where my mother spoke um, at a, a large hall, a convention center, and there was a cult member there, and my mother, through repeated times, had Hatzlacha, and that girl came home with us. And I came home from school, and there she was in my room, and she stayed for two years. And Baruch Hashem, today she's married with children and grandchildren, and all all living a Torah life. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The other thing I must mention, you know, all of us know Roy Newberger, and he's been on this show a lot of times. And he has unabashedly described his family's attitude toward Judaism and Yom Kippur, specifically when he was growing up. And both of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was not a positive attitude. Sure. And, and uh, in fact, I think you know, there's a story in the book that, that uh, you, Rabbi Gertzlin, were involved with, where you actually blew chauffeur for his close to 100-year-old father. Right, right. And, and, right. I, and I think Roy told us once on the air, if I'm not mistaken, that his father actually never put on fill until the age of 100, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Well, his father was a product of the, uh, the ethical culture generation, the, uh, the German uh, influx here that came here in the early 1900s. Uh, and, uh, you know, was, what can we say? He was a, he was a wonderful, wonderful Jew, uh, uh, an amazing Jew, but somebody who just uh, was completely estranged from Yiddishkeit. I mean, had no clue what, what a, that there was even a Shabbos. Forget about what a right. Shabbos meant. It was completely unaware. It's not unaware, like he was against unaware. it. He was and, unaware and, of it. And, and when I did, as you mentioned, when I did go to blow Schaefer for him, I think the first time uh, he was about 96 years old. Wow. And, and, and uh, he actually had an apartment in the same building where we were having our Rosh Hashanah uh, services. Mm-hmm. So we walked up to his apartment, and, 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 and he actually... He asked me to blow more. He asked me to blow more. He said, please blow some more. 30 tears is not enough. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you something, uh, Nachum, just, just to his credit, uh, you know, he was a good person. He supported, as you know, yep. Roy, of course, today. 100%. Roy, Roy has children that yep. learned in Brisk yep. and learned in Long Beach, yep. and, and they're all married, B'nai Taira, and his father, Roy's father, supported them. And I, I think that was the, the reason why he had such tremendous arichas yamim. I mean, he, the man yeah. lived to 107 years old. No question about it. Imagine, so, so ma- everyone imagine. has, has, has and, and that was really the, the, the Milo of the Rebetzin. She, she always just wanted to look in the good of a person, and the good that he was maybe indirectly, and maybe not even right. fully recognized. But, to, but, but to at me, the end of the day, supporting uh, a, a Torah lifestyle for his children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and the man had a Rishas Shammam, 107 years old. Right, but to me, the story there is that, you know, Roy and his wife got married before any of this happened. And usually, you know how it is, single people, you know, who are a little bit less, you know, entrenched in their in their life, meaning younger singles, you know, they'll they'll be open to change, they'll explore, you know how it is in life. Once you're married and you have a partner, usually, you know, you 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 set yourself up, you know, for the path you'd like to take. The two of them together were inspired by your mother to to make changes in their life, and I and I thought that was somewhat unique. Yes, and I I would also like to bring out 
that it's not just troubled people that Hineni reaches out to. There are many people, mainstream America, with working good professional jobs, highly educated, that just want that connection to Hashem, that connection to God, and my mother was able to, to reach out to them and to make that connection for them, to help them make that connection. Yeah. Uh, really amazing. You, uh, know, there's, you know, there's a story in the book about a woman who also grew up completely uh, devoid of any Yiddishkeit, and her husband happened to be a manager at one of the large insurance companies in New York, where life insurance companies, where they have a lot of, a lot of from and even Hasidic brokers. Right. And they kept on saying, come for a Shabbos, come for a Shabbos, come for a Shabbos. Finally, they agreed. They went to Borough Park for a Shabbos. Totally, totally secular, having no idea what anything was with Yiddishkeit. The woman in the house there, uh, Hasidish a woman, she actually gave this woman a copy of my mother-in-law's book. And uh, one of the previous books, I, either was Life as a Test or Committed Life. And she said that she couldn't put the book down a whole night all Friday night, she sat by the light of the bathroom reading the book because she saw something was just touching her, and that was the beginning of her complete transformation coming back to, uh, to, to Hashem. So there's so many ways, you know, there, there's so many paths, uh, but I think, but I think uh, they, they all come back to, as, as, as Chaisara said, they all come back to uh, the, the, the positive attitude of the Rebetzin, just always embracing with warmth, with love, Never, never pushing anyone away, never criticizing anyone. Uh, really, uh, a lesson for all of us. I think it's uh, the, the inspiration of this book to see how the, you know the Rebbitzin always had the right words, the right words for, for anyone that came to her with any kind of a uh, an issue or a discussion that they wanted to have. And I think that was that was why, as you as you said earlier, she was just she, she just had her success. She just touched people each and what they needed. Just incredible. And we'll talk about Madison Square Garden in a minute. I know that people are anxious for me to get to that. <laughs> the book is called The Rebbitson. Um, but, but I have to, before I get to the garden and, and what was a transformative event and obviously the uh, event that uh, defined for a lot of people Rebbitson Young Grice's career, um, uh, Chayasara, I must ask you, you know, I went to college with uh, a friend of mine, you know, a few years back, obviously, and uh, he got engaged, and I said to him, oh, you know, how'd you meet the girl? You know, like, you know, you always ask somebody, where's she from, how'd you meet, who's the shotgun, etc. And he said that he sent a letter to Rebetzin Youngreis, frustrated that he can't get married, that he's trying, you know, he's dating three, four years, whatever the case is, and he hasn't been able to find the right one. And and she then suggested someone for him to date, and that is who he ended up marrying. Amazing. How many times? And I, I bet you, if I tell you the name, you'll know exactly who it is. How many times has that type of story happened? Hundreds and hundreds of times, and so many times. My mother wasn't even aware of what happened at the final end. <laughs> but she, we used to have uh, Hineni classes where. So many hundreds have met, and Baruch Hashem have made beautiful families. Uh, my mother would love, love making shidduchim. In fact, my, my father was a partner with, this on, with my mother on this endeavor, and when my father was so, so ill, he was suffering, he was in Sloan Kettering, and 
he came out of surgery, his first surgery, very weak. And finally, the doctors let my mother into recovery. And my mother asked him, how are you doing? And he said, let's talk tachlis. There's a doctor here, oh. a nice single Jewish boy. <laughs> Find him a shitter. So my, this was my parents' life, always thinking of others. And I think my mother got a lot of it from my grandparents. Right. From the time that she was a little girl, my, my grandparents, my grandfather was involved in Kirov, even in Hungary. So it wasn't something that was new or strange to her. And then when they came to the United States, just starting out with much difficulty and settled in East Flatbush, then my grandfather also went out on the streets with my mother and would have little candies in his pocket. And he'd ask the children, what's your Jewish name? And let's make a bracha. Children who didn't even know what their name was, mm-hmm. went to find out. He taught them how to make brachas. They brought them into their home. And my mother just grew up always seeing a life of caring and loving from, for others from the time that she was a child. And it became so much part of her life. That was really the essence of her life. Unbelievable. You know, when you talk about Shaduchim, Nachum, uh, when, my, when the Rebetzin, the last few weeks of our life, she was at Maimonides Hospital. And as you can imagine, Maimonides, they have a, quite a, a large number of from nurses. And there was one particular nurse who was tending to my mother-in-law, and she would ask, she was very, very weak. This is literally the last few days of her life. And she asked her for a bracha. She was also having difficulty with Shaduchim. She asked my mother-in-law to give her a bracha. And from her sickbed, my mother-in-law gave her a bracha that she should meet the right chassan. But wouldn't you know it that on the day of the shloshim, we had a shloshim at Fifth Avenue Synagogue, on the day of the shloshim, she called the family. She said, I got engaged. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Rabbi Gertzlin, um, what kind of superstar were you when people found out you were dating Rabbi Sinyon Grice's daughter? <laughs> you're going back a few years that, now, Nahum, that was your but, uh, that was your first taste of celebrity I, huh I, I will tell you that i was always treated as a son never as a son-in-law um yeah know, by I, the way I, I, I don't know if you heard my comments but yeah. but once i re- remembered that you're a young guy so to speak meaning that you're part of the family right. that, that, then then it was even more clear to me why you are as uh, generous and open and friendly to everyone in our community, uh, no matter what their background yeah, is. Yeah, it, it definitely changed me a little bit. My wife will be the first one to tell you that. <laughs> My parents put him through training. It, it, it definitely <laughs> changed me. It, it definitely... Uh, you know, seeing uh, what my, my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and the whole family and the grandparents were doing uh, ha- has an impact on everyone and had an impact on me, too. All right, and I won't dwell on this, but I'm just curious. Someone suggested the two of you go out, or it was more complicated than that, or it was regular re- regular dating seed? It was actually actually a, um interesting situation. My, uh, my grandfather, uh, yeah. actually, Zayda, my mother's father, I, I, I was... At the ripe old age of 19, <laughs> but they just started getting nervous. What What will be with Chayasara? And he came up with this wonderful idea that I should be his driver. And whenever there's a simcha, 
I should take Zayda to the Simcha, and he'll introduce me to everyone there, and we'll find the Shidduch. And I must I honestly admit, I quetched a little, but my mother said, Kibbut of the Aim, Zayda wants you to do that, and you're doing it. And even though I was doing seminary in the morning and teaching in the afternoon and Brooklyn College at night, if there was a simcha that was Zeta wanted to go to, we fitted in. Wow. And one of those simchas was a bar mitzvah in Williamsburg. And I said, oh, Williamsburg, who in the world is in Williamsburg for me? <laughs> so I said, I don't know about this Williamsburg simcha. It was a relative simcha, and my mother just said again, keep it of the aim. Zeta wants you to take him. Nachum, you'll remember there was a rabbi in Williamsburg, um, um, Rabbi Weinberger from the Young Israel. Sure. Yeah, rabbi, they used to call him Mickey Weinberger. Right. Uh, right, uh, Bernard Weinberger. So he... He was very good friends with the family, and he happened to have been at the Simcha also. Unbelievable. And I guess uh, that's uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. was someone from our family, a cousin, and they made the connection. Very, very cool. All right, we got to talk about the garden. Now, I know it's inappropriate, to especially publicly, to ask ages, but just generally speaking, because to me, I think it's important to the story. I mean, are you around teenage age when this garden thing takes place? No secrets. I was um, in 11th grade. Oh, so you're literally a high schooler as this is happening. Now, what's amazing, and again, people who who don't know the Rebison Jungreis story, this when she went to the Felt Forum at Madison Square Garden, this is what got all the typical Jewish families around the country and around the world, you know, uh, enthralled with what she's what she has been able to accomplish. I, like everybody else, figured that she was at such a height of popularity. And and you know and and uh, and everybody was following Robertson Jungreis that you know she felt confident that she could sell out the you know the felt form at Madison Square Garden. But if you read the book, it doesn't seem like she was a hundred percent confident that people would show up that night. Yeah, I, I, there's no question about it. If you read the book, I think uh, uh, it was a, it was a, a gamble. It was a, it was a risk, uh, but this was something that she was committed to doing. Uh, at that time, Bar Hashem, she found someone who was able to to back her on it financially. Because in those days, you're talking about yeah. the 70s. It wasn't it wasn't easy to do that type of thing, especially when when you were you know you're doing this on your own and you wanted not to charge people to come into the garden. So it, it was definitely a risk, and I think the kids, uh, you know, my wife would, also, would tell me sometimes, you know, the kids would say, Ma, you sure you want to do this? I mean, you know, you talk about thousands of people. It was, this, was, this was simply never done before. I mean, Nachum, you know, Baruch Hashem today, yeah. uh, from events can fill up uh, MetLife Stadium. You know, but in those days, uh, this, was not, uh, this was not something that had ever been done before, to my knowledge. I don't think anybody had ever had a Jewish event. It was event. the first. And certainly it was risky, and, and I think uh, until until the Rebbitson actually walked out onto that stage and saw uh, the, the, the the just the, the the throngs of people, uh, there weren't even enough seats. People were sitting on the floors. People were sitting on the steps. It was it was, but it was. Uh, I, I think there had to be some um, some doubt 
uh, that is this going to work? Yeah, but I when don't. You do, when you right. do when you do it l'shem shemayim, <laughs> right. uh, the rest the rest uh, falls into place. By the way, when 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 I read in the book that you know that they that she was begging the officials of Madison Square Garden to let the overflow crowd come in, and of course they would say even even you know pre nine eleven, but they would say no to things like that in those venues. You know we've we've seen that a million times at different events. Um, somehow she was able to convince them. And I'm saying to myself, I wonder if that's an exaggeration. And then you guys have pictures in the book of people actually sitting on the floor in front of the stage as she's speaking. Right. A lot of the pictures in the book uh, were put there really to validate yeah. a lot of what's been going on, what's written about in the book. And clearly, yes, there was, there was uh, that story happened. I heard it from her many times. And she was able to, even though the, the manager of the garden was not a Jew, right. she was just, he was a religious person. Right. And she was able to touch him in a way that mm. you know you you can't deprive people from listening to the message of God. And by the way, I loved how Rav Henkin, the Rav Rav Moshe, reacted to her when she told them about this event and the suggestions they made and the brachas they gave. It was obvious, even to the Gedolei Torah, you know, because they they have an insight very often into people. It was obvious that this, as you just said, was Hashem Shemaim. It was obvious that they saw in her. That this was so sincere, that they deserved all that she deserved all the accolades and brachas they can give her. So my mother would often tell us how she would not want to go venture on such an endeavor without brachas from the gedolim. Right. So my grandfather Zeta went with her. He accompanied her to Rab Henkin, as you said, and the Satmar Rebbe. Oh, right, Satmar Rebbe also, right? Yes, and Rab Maisha. And, um, and the Rav? Right. right. And you know what? Everyone said there was such a need, and they all gave brachas. Unbelievable. Uh, what do you remember about that night? You just told us you were in high school. What do you remember about that night? I remember sitting down, watching my mother come out, and I was one of those who was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I can't believe this is my mother. <laughs> I was so, so proud, and I just looked around, and that amazing crowd, and you saw people crying, and I myself, as many times as I would hear my mother speak, I would just start, those eyes would fill up with tears, and I would start crying, and you could hear the same story again and again, and each time it would touch the neshama. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody in the room. And we have pictures of this also in the book, of people sitting there with tissues to their faces. It's just my mother really sparked that, as she always used to say, that pintalayid. She started the Madison Square Garden. In fact, that's the summer a year before. My mother was speaking in the Pineview Hotel. And uh, it was to a group of college youth, and she was speaking about how she survived the physical Holocaust of Europe only to come here and witness what she's afraid is a spiritual Holocaust. And someone called that, well, Rebidson, what would you do? And she said, well, if I had the resources, 
I would take a big convention center like Madison Square Garden, right. and I would gather <laughs> all the Jewish people together, mm-hmm. and I would say, it's time to say Hineni to Hashem, Hineni to God, Hashem, here I am to serve you, to, to be a Jew, yep. and to wake up that little flame inside. And I remember my mother saying, and if you will it, that little spark could become a flame from which the words Hineni, here am I, O oh God, to serve you, will be ignited. And, and after Shabbos, it was my brother's bar mitzvah the following week, mm-hmm. and an announcement was made, the Rebbitson will be speaking in Madison Square Garden, and my mother didn't even know what hit her. But it started, that started the ball rolling, and people just came over to my parents' home that evening and started planning. Yes, we got to do this in Madison Square Garden. And until she got on stage, she said she's still... The reason I point it out is because all of us who have dreams, who have aspirations, who feel that we, that we can accomplish you know, either a project or you know, something of significance... You know, when we know that even Rebetzin Jungreis had her doubts till she got on stage, that's very helpful because most people think that she had, you know. No, but what kept her, she did, she did, and she did have challenges in life. But I think what kept her going was, first of all, she would always turn to her sitter and to Helen. Right. She was a very big davener. Before every speech, she would say to herself, Hashem, Hashem, please help me find the right words to say how to reach people. And also, she had a lot of zechus avos. And she would always speak about the Zetas from generations ago in Hungary. Uh, We're from the family of the Chengara, from Harav Asher Anshul, Young Rice, uh, and she always felt those brachas were with her. Your bo- your parents, you know, your parents were actually both Young Rice's, right? There were correct, th- right. correct. My parents were a third cousin. Right. You, you know what's amazing? She never, never spoke from notes. That's what's amazing. It is incredible, and <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I was at dozens and dozens of our speeches over the years, uh, yumtiv programs, other times. I never had a piece of paper in front of her. Forget about a whole written speech. Right. She didn't even have like a little index card of notes. Nothing. She Just also she also knew her stuff. All her psukim. Yeah, the psukim and, and, and the, and the pa- passages and from Talmud. And she able to quote. And I remember even when my mother was so sick, she still pushed herself to give classes, and she still remembered everything and yeah. I, I was this is amazing all right we uh, we've done about 10 percent of what we should do but i knew this would happen this could be a six-hour interview easily but we only have a couple of minutes left it's called the rebbits in the story of rebbits and esther jungreiss uh rebbits and chayasara and rabbi shlomo gertzelin are with us live via telephone the book's available at artscroll artscroll.com use promo code radio for your 15 percent uh gift for being a listener of the nahum siegel network uh, go to artsgirl.com. This is a book you will want to have, and you'll want your sons and daughters to read. Chaya uh, Sara, how, how, how does somebody travel as much as she did? She spoke in a million different cities, um, visited you know, government officials in many different countries, including plenty in the United States and Israel, 
uh, was part of presidential commissions and committees for different uh, matters that did require travel, visited prisoners, female prisoners in prison in Israel, and, and, and a hundred other categories I can go through. If people read the book, they'll see exactly what I mean. How, 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 how is it growing up in a household like that? We know we always discuss the challenges of you know, parents who are on the road and what it's like for the kids. How would you describe what it's like being the daughter of Rebbe and Esther Younggrass? Very exciting, first of all. And when I would be a young girl and say, Hi, Sarah Younggrass, I was always said, oh, The Rebbitson, is that your mother? And I'd be so excited and so proud to say yes. So, however, I must say, first of all, when we were young, my mother always, always tried with the red eye to be back. She, from wherever she was, that when we'd be going off to school in the morning, she'd be there. Mm. Also, my parents were an amazing, amazing team. That my father... He was just also so, so proud of my mother, and not just proud, but he pushed her. In fact, it was my father who met with um, Rabbi Class and Irene Class in the old Pioneer Hotel. Right. And uh, just when Rabbi Class was starting the Jewish press, and he said, hmm, I think my wife could write a good article for you. And my father just always was proud. I remember times when we were in um, Eretz Yisrael. My mother was speaking in Eretz Yisrael, and she'd call home and say, what should I do? They want me to stay one more speech, two more speeches, another day. My father would say, of course, you have to stay. If people are ready to hear, people are ready to listen, you have to be there for them. So that was my father. My mother used to say that my father's name was Meshulam. And my mother would say, Meshulam means complete. Mm-hmm. And my father was very complete with himself. And because of that, he was so proud of my mother and proud of all her endeavors. I remember my father always saying, and I am the husband of Rebbitson Esther Youngreich. Right. Now, how many men say that? <laughs> so, he, that was amazing. Pressure, pressure. Uh, uh, another, another factor is my grandmother. We had a very strong family. And my grandmother would also, she'd come to our house when we were children once a week, and she'd be there to to babysit, to be there if my mother would be going out for a speech. She'd be there in the kitchen, and um, it, it's a strong family unit. Well, thank God. That's what, ha- that's what uh, makes for great families very, very often. Uh, the book is called The Rebbits and the story of Rebbits and Esther Jungreis. I want to thank both uh, uh, Rebbits and Chaya Sarah and Rabbi Shlomo Gertzelin. Um, Rebetzin is the uh, oldest child of uh, the Junggrises, Rabbi Meshulam and Rebetzin Esther Junggrise. The book is written by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer. You heard earlier what uh, our guest had to say about his uh, prolific experience in uh, writing this book. And um, we, we covered about 10%, everybody. If you you got to read the whole thing and uh, read about one of the most. You'll, you'll see, when you ask yourself what can one accomplish in life, you will be amazed at what one person like Rebetzin Youngreis, especially from her beginnings, was able to accomplish in life. 
Um, go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com. Enjoy your 15% discount if you use promo code radio. By the way, Rabbi Mrs. Gertzlin, I'm assuming there is there is another Esther Jungreis already. Is there a new generation with someone named for her or not? Baruch Hashem. There, there are a few already. There are a few. Uh, there, there actually is an Esther Jungreis. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's there, that's uh, pressure, uh, huh? That's a, pressure. Yep. A grandchild, a grandchild, Esther Jungreis, a great-grandchild, actually. Wow. Uh, but there are other Esthers in the family, Baruch Hashem. Um, and um, there, and and not just that, people who who uh, the Rebetzin impacted in life. Um, I believe the first Esther that was named uh, just shortly after Apatira was somebody who was a student of hers, wow. somebody whose life she she turned around and named her own daughter Esther. Are there any uh, Kiruv superstars in the grandchildren generation? There, there are there are some that are involved in different ways. There's uh, yes, I do have some nephews and nieces. Um, who are definitely involved. As, as I mentioned earlier, we have a program called Inani Next, right. which is led by um, by my uh, my sister-in-law's daughter, uh, my niece um, Shane D. Eisenberg, who, by the way, married a grand a great grandson of Rabbi Shafinsky. Yeah, which I, is another story that we'll get to in the by, next ten percent. By the way, <laughs> by the way, now, now that you mentioned her, and of course, it just struck me who it is. Uh, she is regarded as a massive superstar. In fact, people have said to me that her husband's a superstar, but she's even greater. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 wonderful. <laughs> she's great. She has a good uh, power of, of of speech and of teaching. And um, we have I have some nephews. So yes, it is definitely coming down into the next generation as well. And uh, that's that's the Masora. That's the Masora. So. Unbelievable. Uh, I thank you both very, very much, and I'm going to continue to recommend to our listeners to get this and to uh, really enjoy it. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us, and keep up doing your great, great work. Look forward to speaking to you again. Much appreciated. Uh, Rabbi Shlomo Gertzelin, um, uh, Rebetzin Chaya Sarah Gertzelin, uh, she is the daughter of Rebetzin Jungreis, and the book is called The Rebetzin. And I'm telling you, if you're not old enough to know this, the same way, and I know people are not going to be happy with me saying this, but the same way in that generation people would say Rav Maisha and everybody knew exactly who you were talking about, or the Rav and everyone knew exactly who you were talking about. When you said the Rebbits and everybody knew you were talking about Rebbits and Young Rice. Simple as that. Anyway, pick up the book, artscroll.com, promo code radio, and enjoy. And my thanks to our friends at Artscroll for uh, helping us arrange this conversation about such an amazing and incredible woman. 8.30 in the morning, it's JM in the AM as we continue. By the way, there's only one way to wrap up this conversation because you'll read it in the book. Um, this song by Mordechai Ben David was actually done, uh, written, and performed in honor of Rebetzin Young Grice and the Hineni organization. And, uh, of course, many, many years later, Mordechai Ben David was a major superstar. But this is, uh, this is uh, from a very, very, uh, very early MBD. Here it is at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. That's from Eitan Freiluch. Thursday morning broadcast. 
In an effort to make high-quality Torah learning opportunities more accessible for women everywhere, the OU Women's Initiative and OU Israel, along with the Office of the Chief Rabbi of the UK, have launched a virtual speaker series for women focused on sharing Pesach ideas and inspiration. The first one is this. It's three Sundays in a row. The first one is Mrs. Slovi Jungreis-Wolf speaking about powerful Pesach insights, Amuna and Geula in our time. With us live via telephone is our wonderful friend, Rebetzin Dr. Adina Schmidman, founding director of the OU Women's Initiative. Dr. Rebetzin Schmidman, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's wonderful to be with you, Nachum. I appreciate that. Challenging times we are in, to say the least. And thank God we have a lot of offerings out there uh, for people to stay connected and stay connected to Torah study. Uh, tell me about the uh, beginnings of this effort uh, from the OU Women's Initiative. So in a divinely choreographed way, this was actually in the works as of a month ago. <laughs> in, uh, not uh, Really not uh, in any way anticipating where the world would be right. four weeks later. Uh, and yet, we were very excited about the program for what it, it was and what it, we hope it will be. Right. This idea of partnership across the globe was a very exciting opportunity for uh, the Women's Initiative in the United States to be uh, partnering with our natural uh, institutional partner, OU Israel, but then to pull in the, the office of the chief rabbi in the United Kingdom was a very exciting opportunity, and to reach women globally, we were uh, really excited about the opportunity. And then all of a sudden, uh, the world started to uh, hmm, uh, change <laughs> dramatically, and uh, here we are with this program that we're uh, anticipating starting this Sunday, and uh, with something virtual, and uh, how Hashkacha uh, Pratis, divinely choreographed, prescient, uh, and we're, uh, we're very, I think the efforts and the ideas are needed even uh, all the more so now. Is this something that, I mean, honestly, and I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it, it seems like these are shiurim and, and lectures that really anybody can appreciate. Is it, is it specifically designed for women? No. It is being given by women uh, for the community. Oh, so okay, so you, so it would be, it would make sense if somebody, if anybody would tune in and enjoy it and and find it uh, helpful and fascinating before Pesach. Absolutely, similar to our Tardi Mecha Nachyomi program, right. which uh, has uh, Baruch Hashem uh, reached thousands across the globe. We're over 5,000 participants at this point. Wow. Uh, I would say 98% of them women, uh, right. but we're happy to have the 2% along as well. And we're, we're thrilled. 27 countries, countries like Serbia, Ireland, uh, Scotland, Poland, Uruguay, Chile, etc., and across the United States. So we're hoping with this program as well, that will have that kind of reach uh, and beyond. Unbelievable. Uh, Rebethan Dr. Adina Schmidman is with us. It's Sunday. Mrs. Slovi Jungreis Wolf about powerful Pesach insights, Amuna and Gula in our times. The 29th of March, Mrs. Razel Friedman, and April the 5th, Dr. Hani Tenenbaum. Now, now it, all this will be recorded ou.org slash women slash video. Everybody, of course, um, will have that available to them if they want to see it. Uh, but it, but it, in order to uh, to join as it's happening, what should people do? Uh, so we'd love for you to sign up and okay. be part of our community. 
our virtual community. Uh, to sign up, one can go either to uh, ou.org slash women slash Seder for a sign up, and okay. you'll be receiving a reminder and a link. Right. Uh, one can also go to go.ou.org slash WIPS, Women's Initiative Pesach Seder, okay. and uh, participate like that. The, the material will be archived. So if you don't uh, get there in time or you haven't signed up and you want to listen afterward, uh, come visit us at the uh, address that you had just mentioned, ou.org slash women slash video. The Zero Chodesh program, is that still around? We are still around. We're excited about uh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Uh, We have Mrs. Stacy Goldman from Marion Station, Pennsylvania. That's uh, home turf. For me, that's right. <laughs> uh, she will be uh, she will be speaking. Um, one can sign up to that ou.org slash women slash rc rosh chodesh. And there's a monthly uh, video we call it virtual lunch and learn. So you can have lunch with us from your desk, from your couch. And now that uh, uh, everyone is. Uh, on their, on, in their at, homes. at their desks and at their couches. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we join us for all the all the content that we have to offer, and uh, we're we're happy to to learn with you, whether it be daily with the Tardi Mechanach Yomi, right. whether it be monthly with the Rosh Chodesh, whether it be the Pre-Seder ideas and inspiration. Uh, we want to be here for you, and to that point, if there are things that you think that. Ideas that you have that you, uh, you meaning the collective you or Nachum, right. <laughs> have, uh, we are, we're certainly open and you can certainly email me uh, at, uh, at the OU. All right, the OU and the UK Chief Rabbi have launched this virtual pre-Pesach speaker series for women starts this coming Sunday. Best way to be reminded about it, to be sent the link, etc., etc., OU.org slash women slash Seder, OU.org slash women slash Seder. That's the easiest way to be reminded about it. And of course, you'll be sent the link. And obviously, the Shurim, the uh, presentations will be available uh, forever after that. Um, uh, Rebetzin, Dr. Adina Schmidman, thanks so much for joining us. And congratulations on yet another innovative and great idea. <laughs> well, thank you, Nachum. Thank you for always being there as a cheerleader. And uh, uh, I wish you a a Zisin, uh you as well. Thank you so much. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Oh, it's going to be a different Pesach, won't it be? It'll be a different Pesach, everybody. But no doubt it'll be a beautiful Pesach, please God. Um, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Um, check out and try A&H, Abel's, and Hyman today. Uh, just writing notes about some of the people I'd like to get on during these days. Over the next few days, hopefully we'll have more and more. Hey, don't forget that later today, uh, we've got a Zoom live lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're really hip over here. We've got a Zoom live lunch. We're going to try to gather as many people as possible from around the world to join all of us. I am planning on being on. Miriam Wallach is planning on being on. Uh, Mark Zamek's planning on being on. Avrami's planning on being on from Israel. Yoni Pollock's planning on being on. And obviously, any NSN member. It would be amazing if you would join us as well. Plus, all of you out there. If you're on Zoom, by the way, the... um, 
the meeting ID, the the code that you need, and obviously, you know, it'll be out there on social media, etc. 499-705-617. 499-705-617. The show starts at 11 a.m. 499-705-617. All right. There you have it. Um, more coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Baruch Hinafshi done by Yaakov Chesed. Ami Randvir before that with Bechol. Thursday morning. Uh, my thanks to Rabbi Mrs. Gertzel. And the book is called The Rebbits in the Story of Rebbits and Esther Jungreis. Go to artscroll.com. Enjoy 15% off if you use the promo code radio. Enjoy 15% off if you use the promo code radio. One listener says, I remember the Rebbits in Miami Beach. The word Hineni is etched in my mind because of her. May her pure neshama have an aliyah. Nice. Um... Great song, Real Hisorus. Thank you for your show, for your simcha, and that should be the only thing that's contagious. Amen to that. Very nice. Um, all right, if you want to be part of our experiment, we're going to be trying a live lunch on Zoom. We're going to be trying a live lunch on Zoom starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. The code is 499 705 617. 499 705 617. 
All right, so join us. You'll see it on social media. You'll probably get an email if you're a uh, regular listener of ours. I'm sure you've signed up for our newsletter. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, immediately uh, email Avrami, AF, AF at NahumSiegel.com. AF at NahumSiegel.com. Or if you have to, you can email me, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. All right. Um, what else? Told you about the book. Go to artscroll.com. Enjoy a 15% discount with promo code radio. And um, and we'll speak to you at 11 o'clock during the live lunch. Charlie Harari's next. Miriam Wallach will be live at 1030 from our studio. And then we'll head into the live lunch. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, we'll have as many NSN staff members and volunteers and hosts as possible, join us. That'll be a lot of fun. Achenu Israel and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Hey, tomorrow, don't forget the weekly update. Yeah, it's Friday tomorrow. we got the weekly update coming up. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Weekly update tomorrow here at JM in the AM. That starts at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Keep that in mind. Uh, I thank all of you for tuning in. Speak to you at 11 a.m. And uh, keep smiling, everybody. Keep smiling. Let us um, try our hardest to get through these challenges as one big community with one big collective heart that keeps beating. Thank God. Uh, Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 